0: God'll get you for that, (laughs) Walter. Maud is owned by Shout Factory. God'll get you for that, Walter, is produced for entertainment purposes only. Sponsored in part by Findlay's Friendly Appliances. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of... God'll get you for that, Walter. And he he actually does get someone. He does Walter, get someone, not Walter, but, but he, does, he does, does get someone. He does get someone. It was nice. <laughs> nice for him to get someone after <laughs> such a long such a long time. Long, long, spell, time, of, long spell of, of, spell of, of, of not, not getting anyone. Of not getting anyone. <laughs> yes. And welcome to God'll get you for that, Walter, a podcast where we discuss the 1970s hit sitcom Maud. Maud. We are your hosts. I am Tom Cat, and who are you? I am Tony Hongperm. And welcome! Today we are at episode sixty-five. Look I at us go us yes. and we're discussing season 3 episode 17 and then there were none mm-hmm. uh directed by Hal Cooper aired January 27th 1975 and we want to also add that last week's episode which we did not say the air date for was January 20th 1975 mm-hmm. that was when we came came back from the uh the December break. Yes, we never actually mentioned that we're now in this in seventy five. Yes, we are now kind in seventy five. Kind of that over. That yeah, we, it was just sort of the. It was in passing. I know. I it know. was definitely in passing. Now let me ask the the name of this episode. And then there were none. Yeah. Now that's a very famous Agatha Christie. Yes, um, it is murder mystery. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to figure out what, where the connection. Where the, what the connection is? I mean, I think it has something to do with the fact that there were no more occupants in the house. Philip was oh, out. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, Walter okay. Was because out. at one point, Lord is all alone in the all house. alone by herself. Oh, okay. Now, uh, now I get it. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes I'm blonde, <laughs> and but, sometimes I'm bald. Well, yes. <laughs> Who knows? Um. Yes. Uh. This episode was directed by Hal Cooper. Uh. Written by Norman Lear and Charlie Hawk. Charlie Hawk. And uh, there were two guest stars, mm-hmm. Audra Lindley, who played Marilyn Loftus, and Don Chastain, who played Harold Loftus. Yes. and of course, um, Audra, Lindley, Audra Lindley, famously played Mrs. Roper, Mrs. Um, Roper and Three's Company. Company, and the very short-lived The Ropers series. Yes, The Ropers series. I wish that had more. I wish it had more. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. who doesn't love a witty wife in caftans? I know. I mean... <laughs> She was she's a drag queen from the get-go. Really? <laughs> I love I mean everybody loved the rope the rope. Everyone loved the rope. But they never should have spun them off. Mm-mm. It was like they worked best they worked with the cast. With the cast when they tried to have them on their own and yeah. just, you know. And before we begin this episode, we want to wish a very happy. One hundredth birthday to Norman Lear. That's right. Yeah, that's right. It was just he. It was just his one hundredth birthday. birthday. That's right. This past uh, weekend, actually. Yeah. Either this past weekend or this past week, he turned. Last week he turned one hundred. Last 100. week, yeah. And it's so funny. Him, Carl Reiner, Mel Brooks, and I'm trying to think who was the. There, there was another picture of him with a group of older, older Hollywood mm-hmm. stars, and I can't remember the other one's name. It was. There was Norman Lear, Carl Reiner, Rob Reiner's father, um, Mel Brooks, Brooks, and there was one other person whose name escapes me. I'm sure I'll find the picture and and be able to look at Then you'll remember, yes. And then I'll remember. Uh, But yes. Also said to report... Michelle Nichols has passed away. Yes, uh, Pat Carroll. Pat Carroll passed away. That that one hit me real hard. I know, because you always did Ursula. I always... I still do. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. still do. Yeah. And to those interested, I have a vocal match for Pat Carroll. Yes. A little morbid morbid humor there. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, so it's definitely been an interesting, interesting week mm-hmm. for, for both of us. So, yes. with that said... Uh, the episode opens with Mrs. Nogatuck humming and singing "La La La." She's, la-la-las. She's la-la-las. exactly. She's doing "La La La." She's buttering <laughs> buttering toast. while buttering um, Walter's, toast. Walter's toast. Walter's drinking his OJ. Yes, drinking his OJ and waiting for his breakfast mm-hmm. because you know, man. Mm-hmm. And you know, he says, "Could you please hurry it up? I have a plane to catch. I have right. to get." I, he he has a sales meet in yes. another. I guess state yes. or another part of the country. Yeah, one of those sales. And he needs to he needs to get to that. Mm-hmm. So he needs his breakfast oh. so he can get going. Yep. So she says, "All right, all right, don't get your trousers in a twit. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, drops the plate off, puts it in front of her, puts it in front of him. I don't think he really said anything of note. No. So he eats his breakfast. Walter was kind of superfluous this episode. Very superfluous in this episode. Yeah. I don't think there was really any need. <clears throat> Yeah. for him I don't think there was any need for him no Um. so at that point Mrs. Nogatook picks up a plant mm-hmm. that she had in the living room and she says that she's going to give it a few drops of alcohol I never heard of giving alcohol to a plant Neither as far of, uh, as I would think I think I would think alcohol would kill a plant yes because it's alcohol and it yeah. dries yeah uh, but she says that we'll have a potted plant yeah which I think was right. the reason for the joke yeah yeah because a potted plant obviously means a drunk plant. Yeah, but this started her whole. Uh, uh, there was a thing bit with surrounding the plant. Uh, revolving. Uh, there was a bit revolving <coughs> around the plant. <clears throat> so Mrs. Norgatuck exits into the living room, and then as she exits, we hear Maud start singing. She's in love. She's in love. love she's in, in, love, love, she's a, in. What was? Is that from? Uh, what? What musical is that from? Is it South Pacific? I think it's South, I think Pacific, it's South Pacific. Pacific. Yeah. Yes, I'm in. I'm in love. I'm in love. I'm in love with a wonderful God. Yep, that's uh, yep. That is where <coughs> it's from. Mm. You know what other song comes from there? I'm gonna wash that, that man right, right out, of out of my hair. hair. Was that Gershwin? Right. Gershwin? Not Gershwin. No. Oh, what is the? Oh, for frick's sake! I don't know. No. It wasn't Rodgers and Hammerstein. Are you sure? I think maybe that's who it was. Maybe it, maybe it was Rodgers and I Hammerstein. Think, I think it was. Or Hammerstein. South Pacific Composed by Rogers and Hammerstein. Hammerstein. Well, there you go. There you go. You knew more than you thought. I knew more than I thought. You knew more than you thought you did, Pussycat. I'm... wonderful my gay card is still intact it's still, it's still valid, <laughs> still, valid. It's still valid so uh, she comes in singing <coughs> um, she's in love with a wonderful guy mm-hmm. and she wraps her arms around walter Victor. who's still sitting down yes. so, and walter says who's in love I'm with a wonderful guy and <laughs> what does Maud say not me <laughs> <laughs> and walter's like thank you darling yeah. right on time with mm-hmm. my morning insult right so Maud is excited because Carol's she's had another date with with this per, this guy she's seeing. Maud yep. doesn't know who it is. Maud does not period. know who it is, but she's been late every night for the past 6 weeks. Mhm. Eh? I mean, these days 6 weeks really isn't all that much. No. No. 6 but, weeks is a blip on the radar of love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Maud's like it has to be love. She's ruining her health. Yes. Because she's been late every day. She's been late every... every, Later and later and later. Later and later and later, coming in at all hours of the morning. And just being reckless with her sleep schedule. Yes. So, at that point... Um... So, at that point... I Mrs. Nogatuck, <laughs> comes, Nogatuck back comes back and Mrs. Nogatuck comes back and She's holding the plant. And she yes. says, My, my, haven't you grown? Yes. Shows what a little fertilizer can do for you. And, of course, Maud perks her head up thinking right. that she's being talking to Yeah, that she's talking about her. <laughs> she's being spoken to about mm-hmm, Maud. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Mrs. Nogatuck. And Maud turns around, looks at her, and Mrs. Nogatuck says, Not you, Not madam. madam. Him. Yeah, the plant. And Mrs. Nogatuck goes into this um, explanation about how, you know, you have to talk to the plants yes. to get, them to, to get grow. them to grow. Which again, harkens back to the episode with the picket where Maud and Walter were arguing about the plants. And it's, it, it's almost, the running joke is mm-hmm. Maud is nothing like the stereotypical housewife. Right. She is not a good gardener. She is not a good cook. She no. is not a good, um... The only thing she's really good at is in the bedroom and right. in the office. Right. Those are the two places that she's... Re- that she really shines. Excels. <laughs> really excels. There you go. That's that's, that's the term I'm looking for. Oh. Um... So at that point, uh, Ma- Maud says this very interesting thing where she goes, "I don't believe that for a second. Right, I, right. And, and Mrs. Nogatov's like, "Well, what do you mean?" Mm-hmm. And I think Maud says, "Dick Cavett had a talk show. Mm-hmm. He never grew an him <laughs> <grew> <laughs> uh, I remember watching. Uh, do you remember watching a couple of Dick Cavett mm-hmm, interviews? Mm-hmm. The, one of the more the the, le- the last one I watched was uh, him with Mae West, mm-hmm. and I wish that somebody else had interviewed her.
1: Like was, every, wasn't good.
0: Every time I watch it, I'm just like, "Dick, you're fawning over her like a schoolgirl. Don't, don't do that." Well, you know, she was an icon. She was she an icon. Can't really, you know, how would you have been? Honestly, probably um, groveling. Yeah, out of right. So, <laughs> what do you want me to tell you, pussycat? Uh, it's true. You make a valid All point. Right. Um, so I think that then, uh, then they, uh, Maud sees that there's a postcard. From Philip, right? Yeah, a so postcard from Philip. He's at camp. Yeah, he's at sleepaway camp in Vermont. Yeah, so I guess maybe we've explained Philip not being. So Philip is not in the house. In the house, he is not. There. It's important to like you know put this all into place. How? Yes. Who's not in the he's house? Not in the house. Mm-hmm. So uh, Walter's Maude says I'm going to go run this up to Cal's mm-hmm. room. She's probably sleeping Still because sleeping. she's so exhausted right. from from the nights the, from that she's been the day. Right, um, and Walter says no 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 no! don't worry I gotta go up there anyway because I have to finish <laughs> mm-hmm. packing and he'll slip it under the door right. and you know Maud's like well please just be quiet be careful because right. she does need her sleep. her sleep and at that point Walter runs upstairs mm-hmm. Mrs. Nogatuck I think is still in the kitchen mm-hmm. uh, and Carol enters wearing this beautiful, beautiful burgundy floor length gown, yeah. floor-length gown. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. very very attractive and she's like raising her hands yes, and showing off yes. her chest and all yes. that fun stuff and she's yes. like, hello, mommy. Just, just so dreamy honestly. Mod um, is like, Aren't you a little overdressed just to get the morning paper? Yep. <laughs> and you know, mm. Carol's being very coquettish and very cool. Right. Uh, and being very playful mm-hmm. with her mother, basically being like, Here's your news.
1: You no, know, well, Maude Maud do you have any news, have any news, news for, for me? me?
0: And, and Carol what what says, Sure, here. Yeah. And answer the morning paper. Yes. So at this point there's this cute little bit between Maud and Carol where Carol's like "Mother I'm in" and Maud cuts her off saying "You're in love with a fabulous wonderful yes. glorious man" and yes. he, and you know Carol's like "Oh and mm-hmm. mother like last night" and Maud again cuts yeah. her off saying "Last yeah. night was the best night best of, your of your life", life. He to- and you know he told you he loved you and, and that you're going to get married, married and-, and Carol's like <laughs> Mother, were you in the backseat of my car? Were you in the backseat of the car? Mm-hmm. And what did Maud say? She said, uh, what did she say? How did she? I forget exactly. No, but I suspect you were. I suspect you were, yes. <laughs> and just, uh, again, I always appreciate mm-hmm. Bee's delivery of a line. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we've mentioned this. One of her mentors was Sid Caesar. Oh. And I want to watch more of his work because he was another one who was a very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had wonderful timing. Yes. Yes. Well, well, those old, old- Yeah, those old-time comedians. Exceled they had great timing, yeah. great phenomenal timing. Yes. I actually, you know, since since we were discussing Pat Carroll earlier, uh I watched her interview that was posted just 3 months ago on YouTube um where uh, it was the pioneers of television Mm -hmm. and she was who they were interviewing and just such a such a plucky spry older woman Mm -hmm. she she still was even in Mm -hmm. that interview um and she was like mentioning you know lucille ball cow Burnett, mary tyler moore um and just talking up these these old masters of comedy and just seeing how they all interacted like some would take props home and sleep with them and just begin to trust the props, uh-huh. just for physical comedy's mm-hmm. sake. And she was talking about, you know, just a lot of the old masters like Red Skelton, Buster Keaton, um, oh God, who was the other one, Rags Ragland, um, and just these these masters of of comedy and physical mm. comedy. And just, it's so fascinating to just listen and hear and just see all these stories and now with the advent of youtube i mean that's been around since the 2000s oh yeah you can just you can watch all of them in action yeah and uh, you know as an, as actors go i love watching old hollywood actors mm. i mean i love betty davis carol lombard uh norma shearer joan crawford just watching them and how they how they act and how they interact with things and i will say this this past weekend, I finally got to watch, because I'd only seen clips of it, mm-hmm. I, only, I finally just recently got to watch Being the Ricardos oh. with uh, Nicole Kidman uh-huh. and, uh, I cannot think of the actor oh. who played uh, Ricky, but it was such a, it was a good movie. I'm not going to say that it was an accurate depiction, but the executive, two of the executive producers were Lucy Arnaz and Desi Arnaz Jr., right? Um, Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem, who is gorgeous. He's a very handsome man. He is very, very attractive. Active. Very handsome. Um, And it was just, it was fascinating and interesting to see. It was a small picture mm-hmm. of what being Lucille Ball was like. Uh-huh. I'm not going to say that Nicole Kidman did a good job of impersonating Lucille Ball. She had the voice. Uh-huh. And she had some of the mannerisms. Uh-huh. But she really didn't have the face. right? Which... You can't you can't help that. Right. Like Renee Zellweger does not look like um, does not look like Judy Garland, right. but she was good in the right. part. Right. Right. Um, and again, just I. One of the things that I noticed was I kept on looking at Nicole Kidman and I was recognizing, as again, as an actor, and I was just looking at, you saw the wheels turning. Uh-huh. Like every time you looked at Nicole Kidman, you saw the wheels turning. You saw uh-huh. how she can sound like Lucille. You saw how she could look and act and uh-huh. and, and move like Lucille Ball. It was, it was just very entertaining to me. Hmm. That alone was entertaining to me. Hmm. The woman that played Vivian Vance was very good. Uh, J.K. Simmons as Bill Frawley was... Excellent. Oh. Um He was um what you call it from the Spider Man movie. Yeah. He um, was uh J.J. Jameson, thank you. Yes. J. J. Jameson. Yeah. yeah. Gonna have Jameson. my I'm gonna have my Marvel my, yes. my nerd card taken away from me. You are. But yes. So again, in terms of actors and actresses, everyone learn from somebody. I have I have to say, when we talk about like um, those type of movies mm-hmm. and Yes, it's like, it gets like, you know, laughed at, but Faye Dunaway as Joan Crawford in in Mommy Dunaway. She, Geary. upon re-watching it, because I, you know, after you and I have laughed about it a number yes. of times, um, I downloaded it and I was like watching it and I was just, again, paying very close attention to Faye Dunaway and her mannerisms mm-hmm. The way that she looked at certain characters, her makeup, mm-hmm. like everything was very polished. Yeah, and you know, say what you want about Faye Dunaway, how she's this awful, tyrannical, mm. monstrous right. woman. Right. And there have been plenty of people that have said that she is yes. just that. Yes. Um, she was still fabulous in that role. Yeah, I mean, if you, you just just look at the role at, at her performance. You separate everything separate out. out. Separate just just the actor at, from just, the performance. Just look at that performance. That was that was like an incredible performance. And the, uh, I, I almost I, sort of think sometimes when I think of John John Crawford, you only I see I, I think I see that Faye, Faye, F- Faye Dunaway in *Mommy it's Dearest*. Very true. Um, That's how good she was. You know, and not for nothing, *Mommy Dearest* at the time, like really, really did a number on both Faye's and Joan's career. Yeah. Like even though Joan had been long since dead, dead. she was long dead. Yeah, Um, uh, it was just just very interesting to just watch Mm -hmm. how she sort of manipulated and made the character her own. Mm. But you know, from an editing standpoint, they they there was a very poorly edited movie. You think very poorly edited. Hmm. There were some points where it was like. You know Jones at the height of her career. Now mm-hmm. she's old suddenly, and right, right. Christina goes from being this young ingenue to now being in a, a Catholic a soap, church, a soap, a soap opera soap a star. It just—it yeah. was the transitions yeah. were not as clean as they should have been. But that's there was also, a lot. Yeah, well, there was a lot to get in. There was a, not only a lot to get in. I remember reading it spanned her career from I think nineteen forty something until her death. Yeah, yeah, that's like a lot. That's a long, that's a very long time. A long time. span. Yeah. A long span to try and squeeze into one movie. And there was also a lot that was edited out. Well, I also I think also the book didn't come out that you know, it, it, the, the book movie came, came out
1: very quickly. quickly very after quickly. The, after the book was released. After the book.
0: Like, so it, there wasn't like, it, it, to me it was like And there were a lot of changing hands. Yeah. Lots of changing hands. So I feel like there was probably a lot of... There was... One thing that was edited... They might have been kind of rushed. Oh, very much rushed. Yeah. Very much rushed. There was one scene that I'm really a little frustrated and sad that they removed. It was a humanizing scene where Mm -hmm. Joan was with Christina, Mm -hmm. and the two of them were having a conversation Mm -hmm. at a beach somewhere. It was filmed. Mm -hmm. The entire scene was filmed. Mm -hmm. And it sort of showed the human side of Joan Crawford, Mm -hmm. where, you know, she was explaining... My my life as a young actress was awful. Right. Like I was abused. I was right. sexually abused. Right. I was assaulted. I I had a very poor upbringing, and yet I still managed. You might have been to... worried about legal repercussions. Not only legal repercussions. I genuinely think they didn't want to put a spotlight on the hardships that Joan faced mm, yeah. as a young woman, yeah. Yeah. especially during the seventies. Yeah, because it came out in seventy. It's late seventies, seventy eight, seventy nine. Yeah, around that. Some, some of that. Yeah. Some of that effect. Yeah. Um, Did you read the book? I never read the book. I to read the book. I would like to read yeah, the book. it's a good book. So, but <laughs> I'm always honestly, I always love reading um, autobiographies mm-hmm. of old Hollywood starlets. I'd mm-hmm. love to read um, JB da- BJ Day. What was Betty Davis's la- uh, daughter's name? Oh, I oh yeah, I can't remember. Is it BJ or BD? BD? BD. BD Davis. Yeah. Um. Uh, I yeah BD. Uh, she another one worked. who said that that you know Betty Manny Davis, Davis was, was monstrous. Yeah. But for some reason, doesn't have the reputation that that Joan Crawford has. I mean, honestly, at that point, after Joan Crawford's movie, would you really want to do a another documentary, yeah. a, a, another mockumentary of another yeah. Hollywood star? Yeah, right. Especially True. like that one. True. I mean, they did it with Feud. Yes, Feud. That yes. was uh, obviously that was produced by. Um, oh God, Ryan who, Murphy. Ryan Murphy, thank you. Ryan Murphy, Murphy produced, mm-hmm. who was famous for American Horror Story, mm-hmm. produced Feud, which mm-hmm. was the Betty Jones story. Right. Um, it sort of tapped into mm-hmm. the relationship between BD and and Betty and her mother Betty Davis. Uh-huh. Uh, it didn't really dive headlong into it, but again, like. A, same thing with being the Ricardos, same thing with Betty and Joe. You always have to take these stories that are told through a specific lens with a grain of salt. True. Because... And it's coming from, you know, one person's point pers- of view. One person's perspective. So. I'm sure there was a lot of research put into it. Yeah. But, but oh well. I would have been intrigued to see Anne Bancroft as Joan Crawford. Mm. But she, as a matter of fact, I think... Who oh, was it recently? I think it was uh, not Hekalina, Lipsinka. Mm-hmm. Lipsinka said in an interview uh, that Lipsinka was met Anne Bancroft backstage at one of his one of their shows. Uh, is a very famous drag queen who was very infamous for uh, bringing to light the Barbara Please yes. scene from, 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 <laughs> from Mommy Dearest. Dearest. And uh, Lipsinka had a conversation with Anne Bancroft and Anne was like, Lipsinka had asked, so you were supposed to originally be Joan Crawford? And Anne Bancroft just like, brushed her hand across her face like and said dodged a bullet there. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. She did not want to be a part of it. Huh? Like she would have wanted to be a part but again, mm-hmm. so many changing hands. Mm-hmm. And when you're part of a production where there's that many changes happening, mm-hmm. it can get very overwhelming and very frustrating. Yes. You know, that's that's funny. Somebody like like an actress a- actor actress like feeling like, "Oh, good thing I didn't I didn't take that." Um Bet Midler, yeah, was supposed to be in sister act, in sister act, yeah, and she decided not to do sister act because she fell to hocus pocus. Yes, she did hocus pocus instead of doing she sister did act. Hocus pocus instead. Of... They both came out in ninety three. Yes, You're right. And at the time that hocus pocus came out, it was it really was a flop. Hocus pocus because it it aired it it was broadcast in theaters during the summer of ninety three. Mm. Which, why would you have... Like, a Halloween movie. A Halloween movie. Yeah. During, I mean, it was the same with The Addams mm-hmm. Family. I think The Addams Family... either The Addams Family was released during the summer, and it was released technically as a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Because it opens, mm-hmm. and, and there's the carolers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's always interesting how yes. they release specific films and whatnot. But I remember reading that Bette Midler said one of the biggest regrets was her not taking Sister Sister Act. But now you look at how things... Have progressed, have progressed, and now it's like, well, it's not, it's not so bad now that, she did, so bad that hocus, she did pocus, pocus, hocus, 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 hocus. Like it's it become, it's become a cult. It, it took on a life of its, it's own. A, yeah, it's, be, it's like become iconic. It's become an iconic. It's become a cult favorite. So I guess you, you just never know. You, it's true. you Never know. You never ever know. All right. Now getting I back mean, but to, but also, m- I mean, not, for, not, to, not to, not to, not to, um, digress. Yes, um, but we have. But Hollywood loves nostalgia these days. Yes. Hollywood adores nostalgia. Nostalgia is a cash cow, and if they can market nostalgia in a way that can <clears throat> make them more money, they'll mm, do it. Yeah, that's why we have a Hocus Pocus I two, think... and apparently a Sister Act three is in oh, development. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. Well, there's very little, you know, new ideas coming out, and also I think, you know, um, there the are climate. It's, just... it's the climate, oh, that, it's that, we're the climate that, in. that we're living in. It's like. Um, you turn on the news and everything is horrible, horrible, horrible. Oh, correct, everything's depressing. So you know things like yeah, that are nostalgic. You know, it's like brings back thoughts of happy yep. times. Yada yada, <clears throat> and there it's you like go. we're living in the fifties all over again. Yes, everything's nostalgia. Everything mm-hmm. harkens back to a specific age, mm-hmm. including our policies. Anyway, now that we've now that we've come back from the tangent. Mm-hmm. But of course, our um, doing is a podcast about a show from the seventies. Is is in it's no true, way nostalgic? No, is it no way nostalgic at all? <laughs> But again uh, the reason why I wanted to do this in the first place was because so many things that were discussed in I this know, show are relevant, still are relevant relevant to this they're relevant still relevant. Day. Yes, they are still relevant. As a, and again as a matter of fact me and my cousin were having a conversation this past weekend cuz she didn't know that women were women only became a women were only allowed to um get a credit card in 74. Mm-hmm. She didn't know that and when I read that to her she was just like That is absolute horseshit. I'm like, yeah, 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 it is. But that was that Mm -hmm. was the time. Mm -hmm. That was the time, and it was even discussed in that one episode uh, where Maud Maud finds out that she isn't the trustee on Walter's will. Right, right. Arthur Arthur was. Yes. Yes. So it's true. Just women have made strides. (sighs) Women have made strides. Yes. So. So I think we're at the point now where Mrs. Naugata comes in from the kitchen, yes. And Maud is like, "Mrs. Naugata, my baby daughter is in love." Yes. And uh, that's when I think Maud starts questioning Carol. Well, wait, wasn't there but, that moment where Maud mentions that she apologized for stepping on Philip's Spiro Agnew watch? Oh, yeah that w- that was a joke that oh, that, that oh. was I caught that joke and I was like, "Oh, that's adorable." Oh, I missed that. So I th- at that point, after that joke land, um. Mrs. Naugatuck comes in and Maud's like, oh, my baby girl, she's in love. Right, and right. Mrs. Nogatuck starts singing, she's, she's in, in love, love, she's in love. And Maud yes. shuts her up and yes. says, I already sang that. Yes. Nice try, but I work alone. That's right. Basically. That's right. <laughs> Maud is the star of the show yeah. and she will let you know that mm-hmm. she is the star of the show. Mm-hmm. So I think at that mm-hmm. point, you know, mm-hmm. they're sitting down and uh, I think Carol says, oh, I'm, I'm in love with, his name is, his name is Harold. Well, no, Maude, that doesn't Maud do, tell me all about. that's tell me all about. And that's, yes, tell me all about. And that's uh, Carol's like, Harold. Yes. He's the greatest guy in the world. Yep. And you know, Maud's mm-hmm. like, Harold. Mm-hmm. Harold and Carol. Exactly. Harold and that's Carol. That's all my, that's always been my favorite name. Yeah. <laughs> Again, just really laying it on thick. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's when Maud says, "You know what I'm going to do." And she gets up. Yes, I do. She goes. She goes to get this the, the beautiful, beautiful vase. vase. Yes, it's blue and white. Very beautiful. my husband's favorite kind of china. by yeah, the way. Uh, yes, I have, I, You've have, it. I have seen. I have seen. I've been witness. You've borne born witness to the blue to and white china. So it's it was yes. The way it worked was Maud's grandmother. Gave it to Maud's mother, Mother, who then gave it it to to, her, and now Maud is giving it it to Carol on the day she marries. On the day she marries, that's the specific point. It's her, and she's making sure to tell her it's her prized possession. Yes, of course. Yes. And you know Harold. Oh, when you get married to ha- Harold, Carol, what is Harold's last name? Yes, and Carol, with this big smile on her it's face, gonna be says, the future Mrs. Harold, Harold Loftus. 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 And at that point, and Ma he drops the vase. Drops the vase, and it shatters. Shatters everywhere. Yes. And here's my thing: yes. Have you ever stepped on broken china wearing shoes? Mm-hmm. I think. I'm sure. I must have. I wouldn't. Yeah. I don't know. And especially because... Now, look, we wear sneakers. Mm-hmm. Maud was wearing flats. Right. I would not step on anything mm-hmm. wearing just flats. Oh, yeah, no. And Maud proceeds to stomp... Yeah, oh, yeah. ...viciously yeah. On, on the, the vase. On the vase. And, you yeah. know, Carol's like, well, Mother, what about Grandma's vase? And Maud's like, the hell with Grandma! with no, it. And, You yes. know, Mrs. Nogatuck then says, "At least she doesn't have to clear up the mess, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. obviously Mrs. Nogatuck will have to yes. clean the mess, of course." And that's when Maud goes into this thing that you know Harold is married. Yeah, and Carol's saying, "Oh, he's he's separated. He's getting a divorce. They're getting a divorce." And you know. Maud's like, Come on, Carol. Harold and Marilyn have been divorced so many times they it's like people changing they, sheets. They separate more more times than then people change, change their, their sheets. Their socks. Their socks, that's socks. what it was. And Carol's t- trying to tell Maud, you know, to stop mm. being so melodramatic. Maud is insisting he's a womanizer. Yeah. Uh, I guess when they play Canasta. They play Canasta he, he puts his hand on her knee. On her knee. And Maud's like yeah. and it's not even with me. He does yes. it with the less attractive women. Yes. Harriet Krause. With, like yeah. Harriet Krause yes. who could win Best of Breed yes. at the Tuckahoe Dog Show. Yes. <laughs> that was so rude. So, so, so mean. And Ka- but she adores Harriet. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yes. Poor, poor Harriet. Poor, poor ha- Mother, her name is Joanna. <laughs> And Carol is insisting Harold is a sensitive, gentle man. Yes. So then Maud starts saying, "Well, you know, how could you do this to Marilyn?" Marilyn and we find <laughs> this. I, I was actually very proud, very happy with this Proud, very happy about this moment because we hearken back to when Maud had her hysterectomy. Yes. And yes. you know, Maud's like when I had my hysterectomy, Marilyn came to the hospital and gave me a, gave me a, a gift, gift, which I thought was so charming, even if it was the joy of sex. <laughs> sex. So she's like, Carol, I'm not going to let you break up their marriage. Yes. Which, have you ever been in that type of situation? No. No. You've never been with a married man? Oh, I'm sure I was, but I wasn't, but you know, I wasn't going to, wasn't going to break up, break up, break up a relationship. I see. I don't classify myself as a homewrecker. And uh, listen, we're going, we're going back now to the nineties. Okay, that's true. This is the nineties. Okay, we're going <laughs> back to the nineties. What the we're 90s. gonna do right now is go back. <laughs> <laughs> right? are you ready? Okay, so way back in the annals of time, the <laughs> when there existed a thing called the AOL group chats, ah, uh, the, <laughs> chat the chat rooms. Oh, the and, chat rooms. And I was and I was single, and you know, um, I was. Like I, said, I was single, mm-hmm. so I would, you know, meet up with, you know... Guys. Guys. You'd hook up. Yeah, I I hooked up. I wasn't looking for a relationship. And um, a, a lot of them were were married, and mm-hmm. they were, you know, fooling around with guys. Outside, married, heteros, heterosexual marriage. Everyone's and, straight these days. Yeah, and we're fooling out around outside of the marriage with yeah, guys. Of course, yes. So, but I was never like... And I, I think, like, not for nothing, I, I honestly think that's one of the reasons why gays get a bad rap. Uh-huh. I really do. Because, you know, it's just, it's, it's just another one of those things to pin blame on somebody else other than yeah. the person actively doing what's right. wrong. Right, right. Like, instead of, instead of saying, oh, the straight married man is, is, instead of, oh, a gay guy is sleeping with a straight married guy, it should be, no, the straight married guy is sleeping with the gay guy. Right. Like, it, it, it is not our yeah. fault. Right. And again, it's one of the reasons why... I remember having a conversation with my therapist, actually, and I I said to her, I do not feel guilty having affairs with these men. Mm-hmm. I think they feel more guilty than I do. Oh, sure. And again, it's just one of those moments where it's like... And here's where I get a little psychological. I have said that... Um, there are two very good reasons why a man would do what he does. Mm-hmm. The first one being, mm-hmm. he was not allowed to experiment and experience his own gender and his own sexuality mm-hmm. because he was not allowed to. True. And when you get to a certain age, and of course, with the advent of the internet, you can meet and talk to anybody. anybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, And the other one was, they're just not sexually fulfilled in their own relationships. Right. And, you know... There's help out there should you choose to go out and find it. Because mm-hmm. I tell you, you're not going to find it in Big Daddy XXL's <laughs> grinder profile. Okay? Yeah. Okay, great. No. So. It is true. That is, that is my feelings yes. on the subject. But I'm sure, like, I mean, so, some of these guys, I knew they were they were married. A lot of them, I don't know what they I didn't know what they didn't know, what, didn't they know were. what they were. I mean, Are they could have been. They may not have been. But, you know. You know, I was like, "That's that's on them." It was like, "It's on them. It's their responsibility. Yeah. It's not ours. Yeah, not ours. It wasn't my responsibility." So, um, at this point, there's this bit between Dar- Dorothy, <laughs> <laughs> Maud, and Carol. Between Maud and Carol, about whether Maud is uh, her best friend or her, For her mother or her mother. Yes, and you know, you want like. They, it really is this very charming bit where you know again during the seventies, mothers were more like the best friend and not like the mother yeah it was we, it, there was a whole thing in the seventies about you know like um like est and like you know t- you know getting in touch with your your inner self and and your feelings it was like that was a big there was a whole big thing in the seventies which yes. came out of like the hippie movement which came out of the hippie movement in the sixties, so you know and like uh you know. Um, like sort of like a new new parenting style, yes, where you know um people were trying to be like more of a friend to the child than be the parent and be the parent. It was never good, so uh, this is obviously one of those instances where that would not fly right because maud 's like you know don 't contradict me carol i 'm your mother I'm your mother and she 's like, right so, so you 're my best friend, and Carol's like, <laughs> mother, friend, yeah. knock it off right, yeah. And, uh, and, and Carol says to her, "Well, well, as as my best friend, what what would you, what would you what would you say to me? What would you say to me?" And Maud says, "Listen to your mother." Carol. <laughs> so obviously, mm. all roads point to just listen to Maud and right. don't don't just yes. don't do the thing you want to do. Yes. Um, yes. So Carol tells her to knock it off. Yeah. Maud's like, you know, taken aback. And Carol would say that to me. She said, "To think." That I I I, I hosted thirty seven Tupperware, Tupperware parties to have your teeth straightened. That's right. Did you do, do? Do you have any Tupperware at home? Um, my mother sold Tupperware. At one point, my mother did go to a few Pampered Chef. Uh,
1: I have, I still parties. have some Pampered
0: Chef stuff. She used. She did those. But Pampered Chef was different than tu- than Tupperware. Tupperware. Yes. And of course, I still have like I have like the Pizza Stone. We would be remiss if mentioning Tupperware. We did not talk about Anne Barbara. Ann Barbara. Um, yes. Whom we have ab- do you you love it. You love it. You, do you like Ann Barbara? Yeah, yeah, I've met Ann Barbara. She's fabulous. Yes. She's absolutely yes. fabulous. We we cannot speak highly enough of her. Yes. A fabulous, fabulous talent indeed. Um but no, I can safely say that I do not have any Tupperware. Um, uh, my mother has Pyrex, mm-hmm. old Pyrex from years ago. Um, the thing I loved most about Tupperware was they had like these deviled egg, like Tupperware um, containers. Because of course, <laughs> and, because of course, because you know, of course, you know, and you you'd like you put the, the you know the deviled egg on and it had its like lid that went it had on the lid and that can, goes over it. and You could just carry it you about, can take it to you know a part you know a you know fancy fancy party or something like that. <laughs> Back in the day when people had parties like that. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, yes. We Maude mm. threw 37 Tupperware parties to have Carol's yes. teeth straightened. To have them straightened. Um, I have written down next, she loves you too much to let that once. Um, I, Don't we start to get into like a conversation between Carol and, and Mrs. Naugatuck at this point? Yes. Where Carol is asking was. Mrs. Naugatuck um, you know, she thinks is what she's, she's doing, so wrong. She's so wrong, and and uh, Mrs. Nogatuck says that she she knows how they both feel. Yes. And Carol asks her, "Well, what what do you think?" And uh, that's Mrs. Nogatuck then tells a story yes, about story. how she was in a relationship mm-hmm. with a married man once, and it turned into a diabolical, diabolical situation. situation. And Carol's mm-hmm. like, "Well, what do you mean? Like, mm-hmm. what, what what was so bad about it? What mm-hmm. uh, was the marriage really?" What, did, what the hell did Carol say? Because Mrs. L- I know Mrs. Nogatuck's comeback line to that. Yes. But I forget what Carol asked that led her to say that. Yes. Um, but I think Carol ended up saying, like, was the marriage really that bad or was the marriage really that awful? Right. And I think Mrs. Nogatuck says it. Well, I, I was the one he was married mm-hmm, to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the audience got a good... Chuckle out of that. Yes. So at that point, Maud storms back in saying, Mm -hmm. I know exactly what I'm Mm -hmm. going to do to to put this whole, to squash this whole thing. I'm I'm going to call Marilyn. Yes. And you know, Carol is irate at that point saying, don't you dare do that. I'm not going to have, I won't have my mother calling my fiance's wife. That wife. Fiance's wife. Not wife. She said wife. She said wife. That that line threw me for a loop, Mm -hmm. man. Mm -hmm. That line definitely threw me for a loop. Um, so I think Carol exits. Well, I I know, um, Mrs. Naugatuck, um. No, Carol doesn't exit. No. Um, Maud, Maud, I think, asks Mrs. Nogatuck Mm -hmm. what what she should do. Mm -hmm. Or Carol asks Mrs. Nogatuck what should Mm -hmm. happen next and Mrs. Mm -hmm. Nogatuck says, Carol, I think your mother should not Not. interfere and mind her own business. Mind her own business. And And that's when we we get the line. Mrs. Nogatuck, God will get you for that. Yes. And you know... Mrs. Naugatuck now is incensed, saying, yes. if you wanted a parrot, you should have hired one, or if mm-hmm. you wanted a yes-man, you should have hired a parrot. Mm-hmm. And Maud's like, believe me, between the she parrot told... and you, the, the parrot would get more work done. And she tells her, butt out, Naugatuck. Yep. And, you know, Mrs. Naugatuck gets incensed again, yes. like, who are you telling to butt out? Right. And she says, I quit. Here's me feather duster. And you know where you can put it. Yep. <laughs> And That's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. So at that point, Mrs. Nogatug goes upstairs to mm-hmm. obviously pack, mm-hmm. and uh, like Maude turns to Carol. It's like, great, I've now lost, lost, uh, my, uh, lost my housekeeper. Lost my housekeeper yes. because I think she said because of because of Carol. No, she didn't blame Carol. She blamed um, Harold. She blamed Harold. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's what happened. Yes, like it's ha- yeah. She said it's Harold Loftus' fault. Yes, and um, Carol's like, I you know, I want you to be happy for me. And she's telling her, you know she's saying you know you've ruined you've ruined the like happiest you destroyed my you life. just destroyed it you destroyed the the mm-hmm. best day of my life and Maud's like, Carol, mm-hmm. it was destroyed before it began mm-hmm. and Maude tells her she needs to face up to the truth, yep, he will be no good for Marilyn mm-hmm. and he will be no good for you that's right, and at that point, Carol says that's it I'm moving out she's moving out too yeah, so um. Carol runs upstairs to start packing mm-hmm. and I think at that point Walter, Walter comes down Walter comes downstairs and finally he's been up you know for somebody was in such a rush oh he was certainly taking his time packing you know so um, uh, you know Maud says to Walter you know like Carol is moving out mm-hmm. Mrs. Nogatuck is leaving and Walter's mm-hmm. like "Well, what happened mm-hmm. and uh, what happened to she's in love with the wonderful guy and mm-hmm. Maud's like the wonderful the guy, guy is, you ready is Harold Carol Loftus, Loftus. And he mm-hmm. comes out with the one-handed, one-handed canasta, canasta player. <laughs> that was funny. And, and we we know why he's only a one-handed canasta player. Ah, uh, correct. Because the the other hand, the is other hand is playing around. Playing around. Yes. Um. So Walter is saying that you know he has to he has go. He's playing to catch. Uh, he's but a he yes, no mud. He says, you know, why don't you why don't you come, you with, come me? with me? Maybe my speech will cheer, cheer you up. up. And it was triple-digit profits with double-digit inflation. Yes, to which Maud just says, "Bye, goodbye, sweetie. Goodbye, sweetie." Goodbye, sweetie. Bye, sweetie. Yes, yes. The, the speech was not going to cheer her up. So at that point, Mrs. Noggett comes down. She's in this like crazy outfit and the hat with the a in, giant feather. With giant it feather, and she—they oh, always put her in the most unique costume. Yes. So, you know, Walter leaves, and then Mrs. Nogatuck comes downstairs saying, goodbye, dear. Mm-hmm. I, well, I think she said, like, I'll give you my forwarding address, or some of that effect, and I think mm-hmm. Maud says, good, cl- all your, the rest of your belongings will be, be out on the, on the front, front lawn. lawn. Yes, And, you know, Mrs. Nogatuck turns mm-hmm. around and says, goodbye, goodbye dear. dear. And Maud's like, goodbye, dear? Mm-hmm. And Mrs. Nogatuck says, I was talking to the plant! And she storms off. Uh then Carol comes down with like a little overnight bag. Yep. She's she's out the door. Yep. Um and so uh basically she, she Maud leaves. is now sitting at the bar and the camera pans slowly down mm-hmm. to show the plans. Yes. And, and Maud looks at it and goes because now Maud is all alone. All alone. Yep. You know, that's the name of as the name of the title, and, and, then, and then there, there were none. none. So they were they there were none. She was all alone. Yep. So she's looking at the plant, and she says, "The hell do you know? You never had children." (laughs) And then we cut to commercial. to commercial when we come back. back, Maud is at Vivian's Vivian's now. Here, here, you know what? We're going to keep on discussing the episode, and we'll get to it in just a moment because I I have questions. I have have questions for the. I may have answers. So at this point, Maud is getting a salad ready Mm -hmm. for with with Vivian because right. she's obviously over there for lunch. Right, right. Um, and Maud is sort of monologuing about how she didn't want to like get... She didn't want to kick Carol out. She only mm. wanted to... She didn't want to be a meddling mother. And while she's going... She's saying all of these mm-hmm. things she mm-hmm. like cuts by saying radishes. Yes. Green peppers. Yes. Bamboo, bamboo shoots. Feet. And while she's saying all of these things all Vivian is saying is I, I know. know. I, I know. Yes. And, you know, this happens about three times. And each time it gets more and more annoying. Yes. Because we obviously see Bee's face just continuing to sour. Yes. I think the last one was when uh, Maud says, I've driven my daughter out of the house. And that's when Vivian does the the third. I I know. I know. know. Vivian, I love you. But one more I know, I know. And so help me. (laughs) Uh, And she's holding this giant stalk of celery. Yes obvious mm. cause, obviously because she's gonna clock mm-hmm. clock Vivian mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I enjoyed I really liked Rue's look in this episode mm-hmm. she had that beautiful blue eyeshadow her hair was mm-hmm. coiffed very nicely and she yeah. was in this very sturdy blue outfit yeah she looked good and that was all we really saw of um, of Rue for the for the episode yeah um, so at that point. Uh, there was, there was three things I always told Carol. Never to take candy from strangers, Mm -hmm. don't eat the burgers at the drugstore. Have you ever, I was like, burger, eat a burger at the drugstore? Well, you know drugstores used to sell food Yeah, I guess, I guess like Woolworths, Mm -hmm. they used to have like a luncheonette counter. Yep. I mean, I I remember, there was one episode I remember specifically of I Love Lucy, where, uh... Ricky ordered breakfast at the drugstore mm. and that he picked it up and brought it home mm-hmm. because he, it was the uh, the episode where they were arguing about how women do women are supposed to be like the people that stay, the girls that stay at home right, right. to cook to clean right. to be right. barefoot and pregnant right. and the men are the ones that go out to work right um, and if I remember correctly Ricky didn't make the breakfast but he got it prepared at the drugstore right right and when the phone rang, uh, Lucy mm-hmm. answered yes. it. And, you know, Lucy sat back down and mm-hmm. she said to Ricky, by gosh, you're a good cook. And he goes, well, who was that on the phone? And Lucy says, oh, that was the drugstore telling me the the order. Uh, the, the, something about paying to the order of for right. the, the breakfast. Right, right, right. So that was, that was definitely something. Yeah. So the hamburger was um, number two. And number three. Was wear clean underwear. Wear clean underwear. Now, my mother always told me that. My mother the same. <laughs> My mother <laughs> the same. Sure My mother's the same. Underwear. Always wear clean underwear. Uh, and if you no, her... God forbid you're in an accident and they have to take your clothes I off. Have to take your clothes off. Uh, you don't have clean underwear. <laughs> it's just—it's one of those things where I'm like. Thank God we have progressed uh, so much as a people, where we don't need to worry about that. But, but you know still, what? It still sticks in my head. It's still, it's it's, it's just one of those things in my head. because we were told about it for years. Yeah, we yeah. were told about it through through the sixties, mm-hmm. the seventies, mm-hmm. the eighties, the nineties, mm-hmm. even before that. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something. Yes, there is a picture circulating the interwebs mm-hmm. of um, the interweaves. The interweaves. Of a Dungeons and Dragons, or Magic the Gathering, uh, tournament. Uh Uh-huh. And there were these white chairs with these brown stains on them. Obviously because men do not know how to bathe. Oh. There was something I remember reading on Urban Dictionary called Gooch Grease. Uh-huh. You're not going to like where I'm going with this. Okay. Gooch grease is a combination of sweat, Uh um, fecal matter, um, and uh, I'm trying to think of something else. But it usually happens when a man specifically Uh does not properly wash the crack of their behind. Uh Now, when I personally am in the shower, Mm -hmm. I usually just use water. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Mm-hmm. I don't use a rag. I, ju- mm-hmm. I just—it's water, and that's mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. There are some men that just don't even bother. You know, some straight men—they're like some straight men are so they, weirded out by about it. like cleaning like, themselves. There was one that there was another thing. There was another like uh, it's going to turn them gay to touch. Like themselves. it's just going to be to touch their booty hole. It's going <laughs> to turn, <laughs> turn them <weird>. gay. Right? <laughs> like, just <laughs> I, I, I really—I mean, if you're if you're that a. Afraid of it? You're sublimating something major. Correct. You You are hiding something far, far much more insidious. Yeah. So. But were they sitting on the chairs naked? How did they get like? Honestly, I couldn't tell you. A lot of the times, like, men will just not wear proper fitting. I had this. Who was I talking to? I had this conversation with my friend Rick last night where I was just like, men do not know how to properly dress themselves. Straight cis men do not know how to dress themselves. Oh, no. God, now. Unless you're Steve Harvey, but that's that's irrelevant. Um, I'm sure somebody does it for him. I'm I'm positive he has a stylist. Uh, Although he's African American, he's African American, and African American men do know they they have they have they they have style. Um, And if I had to take a stab in the dark, I would say they're ill-fitting shorts Mm -hmm. that when they go to slide, it slides their shorts down and then they're bare-assed on the chair. Oh God! Oh no! There was, a, there was a tweet that I saw that was like, you know, we don't need deodorant. deodorant was a product of a specific time to just market for whatever it was. It was something like that. Mm-hmm. And then someone commented on it saying, go to an anime convention and then come talk to me about, yeah. it, about using deodorant. Because let me tell you something. There is nothing quite as pungent as the gaming room of an anime convention. Oh. You go in there. You—it smells like you're in a gym locker. Oh God. Oh, it's tragic. Oh, that's one of the reasons why. Like, I get into my dragon. I just douse myself in perfume. Right. Right. So. Oh boy. Do you have any fun convention stories? I, I, no, because I've never really gone. You know, really? Conventions. Like when I was a kid, I went to a couple comic book conventions. We need to fix that. But I never went to like a uh, a cosplay convention. We need to fix that. We do. Need we, to fix we, that. Will fix that. we will fix that. We will fix that. Well, you can go as Super Sophie, and I'll go as Super Sophie. Or I was thinking. What? Well, did I tell you that I was looking up a Wolverine costume for you? No. I. I was. <laughs> Sophia Vereen. I was thinking of getting you <laughs> oh, a Wolverine costume so you could do Sophia in it. Sophia Vereen. Sophia Vereen. <laughs> I know that actress. <laughs> uh, so at that point, uh, to get back to to get back to the episode, um, we find out that okay. uh, we, we left off with the clean underwear. So Vivian comments that she thinks Harold he's cute. is cute. And that he's even, like, and then Maud's like, he's a womanizing, lecherous, disgusting man. He's a lech. And, he'll, a and lech. he'll make a pass at anything. Yes. And, you know, Vivian's just like, <laughs> he made a yeah. pass at me. Yeah, yeah, Maud just shuts yeah. her up saying, that proves my point. Yes. And Vivian's telling her that, you know, she has no right to interfere. And then, uh, I think that's when she, she, uh, she she goes over to the Maud goes over Vivian, to the phone. Vivian like Vivian right? mentions how like she should just call Marilyn or like no. Vivian no Vivian suggests that Maud call Marilyn mm-hmm. and Maud's like I can't right. call Marilyn because Carol oh. doesn't want oh, me to, to interfere. She Doesn't want me to meddle. So of course at that point yes. Maud immediately goes she over to the, to the phone. phone and Vivian's like well who are you calling and Maud's like Marilyn, Marilyn. <laughs> and Vivian's just hapless like well Maud what did you I lied. Oh, I lied. <laughs> Uh, so of course she picks She's you know so on the phone Marilyn picks up the phone and it's a very funny bit that Maude very does. funny one-sided com- uh, very conversation. very funny one-sided comment uh, one-sided conversation where um uh, Maude is like hello Marilyn I well Marilyn I I, I sound um, terrible, terrible. <laughs> I always sound terrible yes what well, Marilyn uh, oh okay I, I'll see you soon you're on your way over, you're to on my my house? way over to my house with chicken soup with chicken soup yes So Mm -hmm. she hangs up the phone, and we now know that Mm -hmm. Marilyn is on her way over to Maud's house house with Chicken Soup. Yes. So, um... And I think Maud said, oh, I'm so lucky to have a friend like you. Yep. Right? And, you know, goes over to hug Vivian, and at that point... Mrs. Zogatech comes comes in! Yes! Saying, what the hell? And then Maud says, what the hell is she she doing doing here? here? And we also find out that Carol has been staying with Vivian. Yes! Yes, Carol has been, stay- has, Carol been staying- has been staying with-, yes. staying with Vivian. Yes. Now, here's my question. Maud as a character would instinctively know that Vivian and that Carol and Mrs. Nogatuck would be staying at Vivian's. Right. How could she not know that? Well, I guess they were going out of their way not to let Maud know I guess and it yeah. I, it may knowing, have been knowing that Maud is Maud it, and considering it's it probably like, later that day don't let Maud like, yeah, don't, don't tell Maud, tell don't, Maud, Maud, Maud don't tell Maud her we're here I'm sure so Mrs. Nogatog comes out Maud asks what the hell is she doing <laughs> mm-hmm. here um, and you know she yells at Vivian mm-hmm. saying what are you doing a, a running a home for wayward girls right right and she storms out of the house yes. and Mrs. Nogatog looks at Vivian mm-hmm. and says she insulted <laughs> me that means she, she still, still loves, loves me, me. <laughs> of course and, Vivian. Who, and falls into her, falls into Vivian's arms. Uh, and Vivian's like rubbing her shoulders, uh, saying, I, "I know, I know." I know. <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor Ruth. She only had a couple of lines, but mm-hmm. the check's still cleared. Mm-hmm. So at that point, we come C- back to Carol. Yeah, at, we uh, cut uh, to Carol in the Finley's at house. The Finley's house. On she's on the phone. She's on the phone, talking to Harold. Saying to Harold saying that she's she found an apartment. Found which finding an apartment in one day? Yeah, good, like good for you. I know, good for you, doing right. That. Um, um, and it's at that point Maud uh, walks in, and she's she's like, "Carol, well, actually, hold on." There's something very. Oh, important what did that I, I miss? Um, Harold tells Carol that he's gonna come over and help her pack. Yes. Yes. So not only is Marilyn coming over with the chicken soup, but so is Harold. But Harold's coming over to help Carol pack. Yes. Yes. So Maud enters and she sees Carol and she's just so happy. So happy and yes. she says to Carol, you know, years ago I gave you a, a nickel to throw into the wishing well and right. you said, I wish I could always Wait, stay, stay with, with my, my mommy. mommy. Yes. And you know, at that point Carol's like, I found an apartment. Yes. And I'm leaving tonight. Mm. And Maud says, I want my nickel Nickelback. back. Yes. It was the only time a band was mentioned in That's the show right. that I was tickled by. <laughs> Uh, she's, and she says so, I, I just I just came for my things I have made up my mind yeah. Um and she goes upstairs she goes upstairs and the doorbell rings and then the doorbell rings and Maud immediately races to the phone well the door no, no 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 the door doesn't ring yet oh it doesn't Maud like so Carol goes upstairs mm-hmm. and Maud says Marilyn. Oh, Marilyn. Yes. Marilyn's coming over. Yes. Oh, please, please. Let if her be home. you really home. exist, let her be home. And, and the door, like, and, she goes to pick up the phone, the and, doorbell rings, and Lord screams, and, Nobody listens to me. That's right. I've said that a number of times. Yes. Uh, so, of course, it is Marilyn, it Marilyn at the, at the door. door. And, of course, Maud is like, <coughs> Marilyn, we really <coughs> must, must do, do this, this again. again. And we'll tries do. to shut yeah. her out. But Marilyn has a box of candy Marilyn has her. a box of candy that she was initially going to give to her to, mother. To her own mother. To her own mother. She and did. it was really hysterical oh. because um, uh, there was this funny bit where, like, Marilyn says, oh, Maud, I bought you a box of candy that I was going to initially give to my mother. Can you, can you like, make it out on the card? Mm-hmm. And Maud's looking at the card, and instead of seeing Maud, yeah. it's like Maud over the word mother. Right, right. So Maud's like, well, I can make out a little bit of the E and part of the T. Right. And she's like, but that's not that's not mm-hmm, the point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, at this point, it's a very physical comedy bit right mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. where um, Carol is upstairs. Right. Maud is trying to avoid Carol seeing, seeing Marilyn. Marilyn. So Maud is like, Marilyn, if we're going to talk, I would like for us to talk in the kitchen. Yes. So she drags Marilyn into the kitchen. She drags Marilyn into the kitchen. And um, um, Marilyn is like, he says, you know, something's bothering you. Yes. Yes. And you know, Maud's like, "What what I want to talk to you Marilyn is about divorce." divorce. And Marilyn's like, "Oh, Maud, you're getting, getting another divorce. divorce. Oh, Maud, you're no. a born loser." Yes. And Maud's like, "Marilyn, you are a saint mm-hmm. and an angel, angel yes. but you are beginning to get on my nerves." <laughs> um and I think she that's when she wants to know if uh, Marilyn and Harold are Are getting getting a divorce. divorce. And Marilyn says, well, I was thinking of giving him one, but he's been running around with some floozy. A floozy. floozy. You've called me a floozy once or thrice. Absolutely. All All my best friends are (laughs) (laughs) floozies. That's a compliment. (laughs) compliment. (laughs) If I call you a a floozy, you should be honored. I am every time, and that's when I call you short. Mm -hmm. No, usually you say, and... And incidentally, you look fat. <laughs> incidentally, you look fat. <laughs> <laughs> I do say that, actually. Yeah, um, so, at that point, um, we find out that Marilyn is aware that Harold is sleeping around, right. sleeping with somebody else. And, you know, Maud is now terrified because she knows it's Carol. Yes. But Maud is trying to, like, backtalk. And well, she's trying to, like, say, well, you know... Not backtalk. It's... She's, like, stumbling and fumbling over her words. Yes, because she... Well... First of all, she doesn't like you know Carol being thought of as a floozy. Yes, you know, and is saying you know just because she's you know seeing Harold does it doesn't mean she's a floozy. And Maud's like uh, Marilyn's like Maud, you're covering up. Yes, Maud says on my honor, Marilyn. I I I I I. Just stuttering all the words, and Marilyn's like Maud, you're You're the the floozy. Oh, to think of to think of Maud as a flue. Yes, that does tickle. And myself. and Maud is insistent. She's like, I am not having an affair with Harold. And you know, Marilyn at that point is like, there, there, there's nothing wrong with it. I, I just hey here, have a piece of my mother's candy. Right, right. Because and obviously Marilyn is very crestfallen mm-hmm. that Maud is having an affair with quote unquote having an affair with her husband. With Her husband. So, um, I think. Maud tries to now shuffle Marilyn out, out the, door. the door again. Cause she tells her she's expecting fifty-five for dinner and yes. ha- has to has to peel shrimp. Fifty-five for dinner, and I have to peel the shrimp. Yes. So shrimp at that point, um Marilyn and Maud are at the door. Maud opens the door, and who should be on the other side but Harold? Harold. Yes. And they have this really adorable Mickey Mouse Kateer sound mm-hmm. off mm-hmm. where um Harold says Marilyn. Mm. Marilyn says Harold, and Maud says, Darling! Darling. Yes. So she slams the door in Harold's face, turns Mm -hmm. to Marilyn, and Marilyn's Mm -hmm. like, but Mm Maud! And Maud says, yes, Marilyn, Mm -hmm. it's true. Yes. Because obviously Maud is now covering up for Carol. Right. Again, a lot of beautiful, beautiful physical comedy in this. Yes, And of course, as Marilyn is being shuffled to the kitchen to Mm -hmm. obviously go out the back door. Mm -hmm. Carol comes downstairs. Right. So Carol says, uh, Carol like shouts out Marilyn. Right. Harold, I think comes back into the house and and I think, how the, how the hell did it go? It was, it was quite, it it was very, very, very chaotic. All over the place. It was very chaotic. So Carol says, Harold, (laughs) Marilyn. Um, uh, then, Ma- then I think either Harold or Marilyn says Carol, and then Maud says Ted and Alice, and I wish I was dead. Yes, <laughs> that was a movie. Yes, Bob, Bob and Ted and Carol Bob and, and Ted and Alice. Ca- Bob, Ted, Carol, and Alice, yes. and I wish I was dead. Well, no, there was no "I wish I was dead." Wasn't there? No, oh, it was but what? oh, you're right. Uh-huh. Yeah, the movie was just Bob and Carol it and was Ted a play. Probably, yeah. I think it, it sort of a play a and then it About a moving. couple that decide to be swingers. Yep. Two couples. Two couples that decide, decide to, to be to swingers. Be swingers. Yes. But yes, Ted and Allison, I wish... Carol, Ted and Allison, I and wish I, I was I wish I was dead. And Carol says to Marilyn, Marilyn, she's sorry that this had to happen. And Marilyn says, oh, good grief, she's the one. She's the floozy. Yeah. And, um... I think, um... It gets a little hairy. Yeah. A little chaotic because yeah. like now everyone's jumping over. It was very, very fast paced. This mm-hmm. episode mm-hmm. reminded me a lot of uh, My Gal Friday mm-hmm. with um, Cary Grant and Roz Russell, mm-hmm. which was a very, it's a three hour play, mm-hmm. but they squished it into an hour and a half movie. Of course they did. Be- but there's a very specific reason why they did that. Mm-hmm. A lot of their lines mm-hmm. were constantly being jumped over. Oh. And that okay. was intentional because right. they wanted it squished, but mm-hmm. they also wanted it fast-paced, especially for some of the jokes. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. And that's how this episode felt. It felt like everyone was jumping over each other's lines. Right. Um, and uh, I know at one point Marilyn says um, um, to, uh, to think that, she, that she's not going to blame Carol, that she's an innocent child. Yes. Have something about that. Yes, there was definitely that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also find out that, you know, Harold's been going to Marilyn's after he plays handball, or then plays handball with the Well, guys. doesn't Maud, like, confront them? She's like, like "Yes, are, are, are you, you getting, getting a divorce, a divorce or, not? or not? And Harold says yes, and Marilyn says, says no. And, uh, um, and and that's when then Harold, Harold says to, no, to, to the, and right. Marilyn says yes. yeah. And that's when Harold says, "I thought we settled this Tuesday night." Yep. And you know, mm-hmm. Carol's like, "Tuesday night? I thought you played handball I guess Tuesday, Tuesday night." Yes, Tuesday nights. And <laughs> you know, that's when Marilyn says, "Yes, he comes over Tuesday nights and then leaves Wednesday, Wednesday morning, morning to go play handball. to go play handball with the uh, guys yes, every every Tuesday." And that's when Carol Harold really lays into Harold, saying, yes. "It takes you all night to discuss a divorce." She says, "You're cheating on me with your own wife." I just love Marilyn's mm. line. The way we discuss a divorce, yes, mm-hmm. it takes all night. It takes all night, and you know, Maud mm. says every Tuesday. Not Marilyn. You really are too nice, yeah. <laughs> which obviously is the recurring theme. Like Marilyn yes. is such a nice, good so person. Nice. So, nah. so nice, so <laughs> nice. <laughs> so Harold is saying, you know, he's insisting they're getting a divorce, and Marilyn says, "Oh, I won't give. You, I won't give you a divorce now." And let you spoil this sweet innocent child, mm-hmm. oh Harold! I'm much too nice for that. Yes, yeah. So, um, Harold and uh, Marilyn leave and uh, enjoy my mother's yes. candy. Maude. Marilyn tells to enjoy mother's candy. Well, I think it was right after Carol ran off into the kitchen, like saying, "You cheated on me with your right. ex wife, and right. I trusted you." Right, and she races off. Yes. Into the kitchen mm-hmm. to obviously have a good cry. Yeah. Um, and Marilyn like really went from being this sweet, gentle person to being very militant. Yeah. Like Harold. Yeah. And like at that point, Harold just like walks off with his head between his legs. Mm-hmm. Um, and they go to leave, and then mm-hmm. that's when Marilyn turns to him, saying, "Enjoy my mother's candy, mom." Mm-hmm. And then they exit. Yes. And again, it was really one of those moments where I'm like, "Oh, so Marilyn does wear the pants in the relationship?" Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got it. Yeah. All that sweetness was really a disguise. It's a disguise. It was a disguise. It's a facade. Yes. It's a facade. Mm-hmm. So they leave. There's a big applause. And Mrs. Nogatuck comes in. Yes. And she's like... She's, she's complaining. She's, Even was, with all the windows open, I still couldn't hear all the farting. it's too quiet next door for me. <clears throat> and, and she was actually saying that to the plant. Yes. Yes. I wasn't talking to you. No. I was talking to the plant. Mm-hmm. So uh, Maud goes into the kitchen. Yep. And Carol Mm -hmm. has water in her eyes. Yes. Um, And, you know, Carol's like, want some coffee? She says coffee. And, you know, Maud's like, sure. Sugar. And uh, I think Maud says, says, one lump. One lump. Yes. And, you know, then she says, speaking of Mm -hmm. lumps, Carol, I have one in my My throat. throat. And Carol again looks up to her Mm misty-eyed saying, so do I. Yeah. And you know, Carol then crumbles into her mother's arms, right. saying, "Oh, mother, thank you." Yes, I mean, obviously, Maud's not going to be not Maud's not going to do the told you so dance, right? Because she doesn't have to. No, she doesn't have to. But also, you know, Carol is you know very um, crestfallen at this point. Wouldn't you? Of course, I would. Of be. course, you know, uh, Harold lied now, to her, used as, her, yes, cheated on her. And... As relationships go. Um. Has there ever been a moment in your life where you were told not to date someone, but yet you continued doing it anyway? Um. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Same. Yeah. Obviously. I sometimes mean, you, you know just, one of them. <laughs> some. Sometimes you just have to learn. Learn the. Learn the mistakes, mistakes on your own. Um, on your own. Make the mistakes on yeah. your own. Yeah, something you know. It's true. It's definitely true. Sometimes. Now, interestingly enough, yeah. I, I just realized, um, <clears throat> they never brought up um, Carol's fiance. No. Chris. Chris is, Chris is now an afterthought. He's like totally gone. We never found out like what happened because they, 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 they were, they were engaged. They were engaged. They were engaged. He was the, uh, the pediatrician. Yep and they were supposed to get married. He was in a couple episodes. He wasn't a couple episodes. And they just wrote him out. And there was no I don't any... I don't even think it was a question of writing him out. You and I discussed this last week. Um and what I think happened was and it's it's not even listed in trivia, but what I imagine happened was it was uh, the uh, f- I think it was Fred Grandy? Ted yeah, Grandy? Ted Grandy. Ted Grandy. Ted Grandy had a you know, choice. Fred Grandy? Fred Grandy. Fred Grandy. I think it was Fred Grandy. Fred Grandy. He had a choice. He was either going to take a recurring character on the love boat, mm-hmm. or he was going to become a permanent love interest with Carol. Right. But I think also they didn't want to write out Carol. Mm-hmm. Because obviously if they're going to have Chris be consistent on the show... right they're going to have to write out Carol. And yes. I don't think they wanted to do that yet. Well, also probably having her single um, allowed more, more story. Allowed lines. more story. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I guess is what they I'm just uh, a little upset that they didn't do it. That they didn't like... I mean, what could they honestly have done? There really was nothing that they could have done. Right. And at that point, once Chris, was, once Chris was... Once Fred Grandy was now doing the love boat, right. they were now able to fully utilize a single Carol. Right. So and they did they, yeah. they utilized that a lot in yeah. in, in, in incoming episodes. Mm-hmm. There was an, there was another episode I think in season four or five um, where Carol is up for promotion mm-hmm. and she was hoping to be turned into like an assistant executive an executive mm-hmm. secretary or mm-hmm. an assistant to the the president of the company. Mm-hmm. and instead she was just given a raise. Uh-huh. And I'm almost positive they wouldn't have been able to do that had Chris been a permanent stay in the series. Gotcha. Yeah. Makes sense. Because the the plot goes, um, Carol is then going to try and get a rise out of the uh, president of the company uh-huh. by dating him. Oh. And oh. accepting his advances because oh. he is very attracted to Carol. Okay. But his... I think his name is Bob Lambert, mm-hmm. but Bob is married to his wife. Of course. So, again, you wouldn't be able to have that sort of storyline if and Carol, Carol was in a relationship with Chris. True. So, right, so we bid adieu We bid Chris. A, we bid adieu to Chris. And to Harold. And to Harold. I think this is the last time we see both Harold and Marilyn. And Marilyn. And Marilyn. But, you know, Carol has plenty of other dates yes that can be utilized there's actually an episode where she dates a younger man oh interesting she dates a 21 year old oh and carol at that point was my age a little bit younger i think mm-hmm. she was 31 or 32 11 mm-hmm. so 11 11 <coughs> years so 11 years older mm-hmm. from 20 mm-hmm. 31 mm-hmm. so 32 yeah well I'm, 32. I'm the i'm the younger man in my relationship you are the younger man in your yes. relationship by 13 years mm-hmm. Good for you. Good for me. Mm. (laughs) I'm the the trophy bride. (laughs) Uh Oh, (laughs) Oh, That's why Mm. I love you. So, with that said, we Mm -hmm. thank you for listening to another episode of God Will Get You For That, Walter. If you would like to follow us, you can on everywhere. Everywhere. Podcasts are found. Yes. Um, you can find us on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook YouTube and Facebook at God Will Get You for That Walter and Instagram at Findley's Friendly Appliances Yes. if you would like to follow me you can at that Tomcat and that is cat with two t's uh, on all forms of social media and at that Tomcat.com, where can they find you? oh they can find Tony Holmperm, and of course that's Tony with an I with an I Facebook Instagram YouTube and TikTok We thank you so much for listening to God'll Get You For That, Walter, and you can hear us again on another episode of God'll Get You For That, Walter. Bye, guys. Good night.